0: Welcome to the Dogwood Podcast, a presentation of Dogwood Church. For more information, visit www.dogwoodchurch.org. Join us now as Pastor Keith Moore shares today's message. Wow, well, it's great to see all of you here today. You know, we just sang something uh, quite incredible. Uh, we, we sang a prayer Let Revival Come. Let Revival Come. Um, I tell you, I can tell when it comes, it, we can't manufacture it. We can position ourselves before God uh, to optimize His holy Spirit's response to us. But if you turn to Second Chronicles chapter 7:14, you'll see it described this work of a spirit that sweeps over uh, a person or a, or a church, and then churches, and then a community, and then many times down through history, regions of the world um, there will be a deep sense of uh, He is God and we are not. Uh, a deep sense of um, uh, of uh, radical, not my will but thine. I'm ready to do whatever you say, God. And it happens with individuals, with families, with the whole congregation. Deep sense of that, almost a panicked burden. I will do whatever you say, God. It's called humbling. Uh, being humbled. Uh, There will be radical prayer. We will find we can't stop praying. That doesn't mean we just stop all of our life, but it means that people will be going in an attitude of prayer. They'll they'll find themselves uh, pulling aside, uh, finding quiet places to pour out their hearts to God um, for other people, for themselves. There will be a, a a, a radical hunger to know Jesus personally, to know Him, to enjoy Him, to love Him, to pursue intimacy with Him is the highest priority of our life. There will be a radical reprioritization of, of life. And then there will be radical repentance. We, we will, there will be a heightened, heightened sense of the seriousness of our sin. It won't be flippant. We won't make jokes about it. Will be horrified. There'll be uh, deep conviction um, on us as individuals. You read the accounts in the scriptures and you read down through the history of the church when revival comes, uh, there's people in the oddest places will just be blindsided by conviction of their lack of holiness and God's holiness and, and need for his cleansing. So start looking for that. Um, When revival comes, it doesn't just mean that the room is full and the music is good. We like the room full, don't we? I do, and we like the music to be good, don't we? Yeah, it moves us. But revival is not the not an emotion, just uh, having our emotions stirred. It's a radical turning to God and transformation. So I want you to keep singing that. And I want you to keep praying that. Because um, I'm convinced that our culture, we're so sideways and upside down with each other. uh, And we've got so many challenges that nobody's smart enough to untie the knots. But if you'll go look back through history, the history of the church in the last 2,000 years, you'll see that at times, in His mercy, God would sweep a, a culture or a country with revival like we've described, and it would be so radical that it would heal the culture. I mean, one of my favorite stories, this is minor, we've got, way, we've got wouldn't you say that we have greater problems that, uh, in our culture today than, than that some people use profanity? Wouldn't you say we've got some more? Okay, we do, we do. But if you go back and study the Welsh revival of over 100 years ago, you'll find that uh, it, it's, it swept the culture so powerfully that the, the coal mining industry was big and they used uh, teams of mules down in the mines to bring the coal out. And uh, they had economic problems because the, the, the production in the mines took a dive. And it was because the mules couldn't understand their masters any longer. Revival swept all these old miners, and and among other things, they stopped cursing, and the mules couldn't understand the commands. (laughs) In Jesus' name, that's in the history books. Am I right, professor? It's right there. It's right there. That's a minor thing. Now, I'm for people cleaning up their speech. That'd be nice. That'd be nice, Uh, but we have much bigger problems than that, but that's just God. Yeah, let revival come. Then we really will have something to sing about. That was the free sermon. That was, that's not what we're talking about today. So we're into 40 days in the Word, which sets us up to put ourselves in the position for God's Spirit to work in our lives. When we get radically into His Word, we may see revival come, and we're pursuing it these 40 days with great focus as, as a church. We have three goals for you. And three goals for our church in these next 40 days that we will learn to love God's Word, that we will learn to uh, learn to learn God's Word on our own, and that we will live God's Word. Love it, learn it, and live it. Now, there are four components to this spiritual growth initiative. There are going to be sermons each week, this, this week in the following six, there will be uh, small group studies for six weeks beginning today. There will be uh, daily uh, video devotions, And but you need to register to get those daily video devotionals uh, sent to you. There's going to be a website on the screen. Take a look at it. Matter of fact, if you'll uh, go on your smartphone or your iPad, um, and you can go to this website immediately. If you don't have that with you jot this down get to your computer go to uh 40daysintheword.com you will need to register to receive the 40 daily video devotionals now we've got these are done by 40 different bible teachers some of the top bible teachers uh, in in uh, in the english speaking world uh, they're each taking a key passage of scripture and doing about a 5 to 7 minute a devotional that you can just get along with God and get your Bible and spend a little time with God in the mornings or or whenever that works for you. They're really, really good. I started mine this morning. Um, but you'll need to register for those. You can have them sent to you by email. Register for the... Um, you can also register, have a daily scripture sent to you. There you'll find the scripture memory verses for each of the six weeks. A lot of resources right right there. But be sure to do that. As well, some, uh, some people had difficulty connecting to the internet here. There is a guest, um, Dogwood guest, uh, Wi-Fi system there. Go, go to guest. You should get there. You should get there free. So, sermons, uh, small group studies. The small group studies are the backbone of and the foundation of our 40 days in the Word. There, we are going to teach you, there are many Bible study methods. We're going to teach you one. We're going to teach you, uh, in your small groups, the devotional Bible study method uh, so that you can do this on your own for the rest of your life. Feed yourself. Uh, it's, going to, it's really good stuff. It's really good stuff. And uh, it's not too late to get in a group. It's not too late to host a group. Uh, So check out the tables and uh, be sure to get in one of those. And then there are going to be six easy Bible verses that we're going to memorize together. Our our elementary kids, our middle and high school students, all the adults uh, in our church, same verse each week. Six verses, one each week. Uh, This week we're going to be memorizing Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. A, the first part of the verse, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly. Some translations say, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly. That's easy. You can do that. You can memorize that. And so start working on it. But we'll be doing those together. Uh, This is going to change your life and my life for the better. And we're going to do so today by, by introducing this entire journey uh, by answering the question, "How do I begin building my life on the Bible? How do I begin building my life on god 's word and I want to give you five ways. ready? Here we go. jot down the first word, and it 's this: listen listen sorry guys i 'm going to get to that scripture reference. Let me read it first. James chapter one verses 1, uh, 19 through twenty five The Apostle James, inspired by God the Holy Spirit, penned these words. You follow along. My dearly loved brothers, understand this. Everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For man's anger does not accomplish God's righteousness. Therefore, ridding yourselves of all moral filth and evil, humbly receive the implanted word which is able to save you. But... Be doers of the Word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Because if anyone is a hearer of the Word and not a doer, he is like a man looking at his own face in a mirror. For he looks at himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But the one who looks intently into the perfect law of freedom and perseveres in it, not not a forgetful hearer, but one who does good works... This person will be blessed in what he does. Five ways that I can build my life on God's Word. Five ways that you can begin to build your life on God's Word. Here's the first way. It's a one-word answer. Listen. Listen. In, In verses 19 through 21, the Scriptures say there in James chapter 1, everyone must be quick to hear. Underline that in your Bible. Quick to hear. Slow to speak. Slow to anger, for man's anger does not accomplish God's righteousness. Therefore, ridding yourselves of all moral filth and evil, humbly receive the implanted word which is able to save you. In Romans chapter 10 verse 17, we find another passage that says this, So, faith comes from what is heard. And what is heard comes through the message, or some translations say, through the Word about Christ. Faith comes from... You want to grow in your faith? You build it on God's Word. You build your faith on God's Word. No other way. No other way. And so, uh, how do we listen well? If we're going to listen, how many of you would say that your spouse is a really good listener? Yeah, not many. Yeah, me neither. I'm not. I'm not. I, won't, I am good at wanting to be listened to. How about you? Well, you know, what that tells us is listening well is, is not something that we, we as, a, as a race, as a, as, as a bunch of humans, tend to naturally do. It is a skill. A skill is something that anyone can learn and anyone can strengthen. It is a skill. There are skills to listening. Now, in, the, in verses 19, uh, 20, and 21, God gives us some hearing aids to listen to His Word. And here's the, fir- the first one in verse 19. Be quick to hear. He says, if I want good reception, if I want to listen well, be quiet. I must be quiet. You know, uh, Suzanne Heyer caught me after the first service and said, Keith, you know that if you rearrange the letters of the word listen, it spells silent. Not bad. Not bad. Maybe we should staple that in the Bible somewhere. I like that. I like that. So I need to be quiet. Be quick to hear, slow to speak. So if you want to listen to God's Word, well, arrange to hear it. Arrange to be in a place where you can hear it Read. Hear it taught. Uh, even when you're alone, get quiet. But we have, a, we have a tendency to be a little uncomfortable with quiet. So why did that feel so odd that we had just a, just a few seconds of silence? Because... I'm, don't raise your hand. How many of you sleep all night with the television or the radio on or something? Don't raise your hand. What is that about? When you can't even be unconscious in the quiet? <laughs> and there's a bunch, you know, I don't know. But we're, what does that say about our soul? No wonder we don't hear God. Listen. He says, if you want, your first hearing aid is be quiet. Be quiet. Second is to be Calm. In verse 19, he says, Be slow to anger. Now, we don't hear very much when we're angry, when we're frustrated, when we're upset, when we're uptight. We don't don't hear very much. When we are emotionally upset, we become defensive. But a calm attitude increases our receptivity, our listening ability. I, I need to be quiet, I need to be calm, and I need to be clean. Verse 21, therefore ridding yourselves of all moral filth and evil. Now it's interesting. I did a little word study on this word filth in the in the the original writing of the New Testament in the Greek language. The root word for the word filth is the same root word for their word for earwax. Now that'll amaze and astound your friends. But but just imagine you know what when you got too much earwax, what happens? You can't listen, you can't hear. Well, just like too much earwax plugs our physical hearing, sin, moral filth in our lives shuts off our ability to listen to God and his word. So he says, "Rid yourself of that and rid yourself of all that is evil." Now, evil simply means anything in my life that I know is displeasing to God. I know God does not want it there. You know, evil does not mean monster. So okay, I'm good. I'm not one of those guys, but we tend to all struggle with things. We already know God is displeased. Well, that's evil, and He says, "Well, if you want to listen well, get rid of that stuff, be clean." How do we get clean? First John 1, 9, one John chapter one verse nine tells us we confess our sins to God. If we confess our sins, the Scriptures say. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, to confess our sins means not that we just say them, like when your little preschooler first learned that magic word, sorry. You know, sorry, don't do that. Sorry, no, come over. Well, I said I'm sorry. I said sorry. Magic words, supposed to all go away. No, it means to Agree with God. It is a Greek word that is literally translated to say the same thing. It means that we say the same thing, we feel the same way, we view our sin the same way God views it, which is something horrific and destructive, and, and we turn from it. To confess our sins carries with it the idea of repentance. We are turning away from it and turning to God. When we confess our sins, He cleanses us. So we clean up. When we were, when we were kids and play outside and get dirty, my mom, we kind of lived out in the country, she'd make us undress on the back steps before we came in the house. Well, if you want to get into God's presence in His Word, clean up first. Be quiet. Be calm. Be clean. And the fourth hearing aid is this. Be humble. I've already mentioned humility but verse 21 says humbly receive the implanted word uh, unless we are humble we will not hear it we will not have ears to hear and again being humble simply means that I am I am ready to do whatever God tells me from his word so so If I want to build my life on God's Word, the first thing I do is I listen to it. The second thing that we do is we arrange to read it. Write down the word read. In verses 22 through 25, the Scriptures say, "...be doers of the Word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves." Because if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man looking at his own face in the mirror. For he looks at himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But the one who... Here we go. Looks intently... Underline that phrase. Looks intently into the perfect law of freedom and perseveres in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but one who does good works. This person will be blessed in what he does. That phrase, look intently is a good definition of how we are to go about reading God's Word. Reading God's Word. He gives us an illustration here. He says, in many ways, the Word of God is like a mirror. Now, we all have mirrors in our homes, and you have one in your bathroom. And and, um, the purpose of a mirror is to evaluate our appearance so that we can do something to improve it. Well, every one of you got up this morning and looked into a mirror, assessing the damage of last night, so that hopefully you could do something about it. And as I look around the room, some of us had a lot more work to do than others, and I'm one of those guys. In some ways, with my hair, I have less work to do than I used to, but boy, the rest of the thing is just a mess. But um, some of us have a lot of work to do. Elizabeth the uh, the first became queen of England on November the seventeenth, fifteen fifty eight the age of 25, she was a beautiful young woman, the history books tell us. But as she, as she served as queen for 45 years, as she aged, she contracted smallpox and was terribly scarred with the smallpox. She began to lose her beauty, and so she began to use heavy makeup. In that day, they didn't understand lead poisoning, but there was lead content in the makeup that she used, and because she had lead poisoning, all of her hair fell out. And her teeth rotted. Finally, they pulled all of her teeth. At that point, Queen Elizabeth I had every mirror in the palace removed. She just didn't, couldn't bear to see her physical appearance. We can understand that. Mirrors let us see our outward appearance, but the Word of God lets us see our heart. What we're really like on the inside. It reflects our inside. So if a mirror is going to be beneficial to us, we can't just glance at it and walk away and do nothing. You might as well not have the mirror. We are to gaze intently into the mirror so that we can know accurately what to do next. When we come to reading God's Word, let me just say this, slow down. Slow down. Read it slowly. Matter of fact, get in a place where you can read it slowly out loud and asking god 's Spirit to speak to you through the words and to see wonderful things through the Word, and you will begin to hear it and see it and see yourself, gaze intently, get a Bible reading plan, so which one should I use doesn 't matter to me doesn 't matter to God, just get one they 're all good they're all good uh, you can how many of you have the uh, have you version? on your smartphone or your computer or your iPad. You version. Uh, Look that up. Y-O-U version. Just Google that. Download it. You can pick all kinds of uh, translations of the Bible to read from. But there's a tab on there, a menu of Bible reading plans. Scroll through those and find one that you want to uh, use and, and get one. One that fits you. One that fits you. The point is not to get done with your reading of the Bible. The point is for it to get in you. So, slow it down, take smaller chunks, read it intently. If I want to build my life on God's Word, we can start by listening, by reading, and third, by studying. Write down the word study there. Studying. Verse 25 says, But the one who looks intently into the perfect law of freedom, and here we go, and perseveres in it. Circle that word, perseveres. This is the difference between reading and studying. Uh, Bible study means that we write down what we learn and that we talk about what we learn. So we can write down what we learn in in a worship service, in our small group setting, in our daily time alone with God, our daily devotionals, we talk about it in our small groups. That's what you will be doing in your 40 days in the Word, uh, small groups. You'll have opportunity to talk about what you have learned and what God has done with you in His Word in a safe setting. And so uh, it's one of the reasons we do the groups. Acts chapter 17 verse 11 says it this way, describing The Christians in the church at Berea, they examined the Scriptures daily to see if these things were so. Good thing to do. So, let me see your eyes. Ready? We listen, we read, we study. Number four, we remember. We remember. Verse 25 says that we're to be not a forgetful hearer but that we continue in the Word. This means that we review continually, that we ponder, that we treasure these things in our hearts, that we think about them over and over and over. And the Bible word for this word remember or memorize is to meditate. And it is a word that was used in the ancient world to describe a cow chewing its cud. You know, a cow finds some fresh green grass and chews down a bunch and a little later on thinks, that was pretty good. So they bring it back up, chew on it a little more, and it goes down to the next stomach. and Go sit in the shade a little later on, and they start remembering, kind of like us. We remember the last, let's think about that meal we had. Yeah, that was pretty good. And so they bring it back up again. But they, they thoroughly digest the grass. Now, that that is the word for meditation here, is that we continually bring it to mind, and we ponder it, we soak in it, we think it through, we turn it into prayers, we ask God about it, it, we bring it up over and over and over and, and over. We remember God's Word. Now, the way we can do that is if we have memorized it. You can bring it up on command you so, Pastor, I can't memorize things. You know, you're, you might be like me saying, you know, I'm just so old now. I'm forgetting people I used to know. I can't even, I can't remember. I just can't do it any longer. Yeah, 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 I know. But we, rem- we remember and we memorize the things that are important to us. Uh, our telephone number, you've probably got that. Now, if you've all got smartphones and everybody on speed dial, I can't remember anybody else's now. Uh, you know, Allison is one. That's her number. Um, but you, I remember my number and uh, your address. You probably remember your address. But hey, you, you, even, you guys even born in the, in the uh, 80s and 90s, you, you can even remember the songs of the 60s, the words to the songs of the 60s, I bet you. Now, let's do a test. You ready? I'm going to sing the, the first word of a song from the 60s, and I want you to sing the line that comes behind it. I bet you can do it. You ready? Mm, let's hear it. Mm, you ready? Okay. Yesterday oh my God, so far away. there you go, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but they 're not, are they they 're right outside the door they 're going to be there when we leave <laughs> point being, point being, we remember things, you can do it, you can do it, and so uh, jump in here 's what the scriptures say about scripture memory. Joshua chapter one, verse eight says. This book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. You are to recite it day and night so that you may carefully observe everything written in it. For then you will prosper and succeed in whatever you do. Now, in your 40 days in the Word small group, we're going to teach you six ways to meditate on God's Word. Six different ways uh, that you can use. It's good, good stuff. So, here we go. To begin building our life on God's Word, we listen to it, we read it, we study it, we remember it, and number five, we act upon it. We do it. Verse 22, but be doers of the Word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. What he's saying here is that we can get all this Bible intake, but if we... And think it will benefit us, but if we are not putting it into practice, we are, it is a total waste of time. And we're deceiving ourselves to think it's anything but. Unless we do it. Now, I've given you an illustration on the screen. Uh, it's a famous illustration. The Navigators created this. A man named Dawson Trotman, way back in the 50s, drew this out. Uh, this will help you remember. Just hold up your palm. Let's see it. Now, hold up like this. Now, look at it. Yeah, that's it. That's your memory. That's your little memory uh help right there. Hear it, read it, study it, memorize it, meditate. Remember there're five ways and think of it this way. Five ways to get a grip a good grip on God's word. If you do just one of those, you won't have a very good grip on God's word. Like you, you try to balance your smartphone or your your pad or your Bible, you got it just on one? No. But if you got two, it's a little better. But not three, might, three, hey, that's pretty good, but it's easy to lose. But when you get all five, you've got a good grip on God's Word. When you begin to practice this, these ways, God's ways, of building your life on God's Word, you will find not only will you have a good grip on God's Word, it will have a good grip on you. So let's ask for it. We're going to pray together. We've got about eight minutes of unhurried, unrushed prayer. And so why don't we ask God at the beginning of these 40 days that to by His grace and the power of His Holy Spirit help us to take this journey. For apart from His help, we won't. So just turn the place where you're seated into your own personal, private place of prayer, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead you through a prayer, kind of coach you through a prayer time. Make these, these prayers your own. God's, these, are, these are not magic words. God's more concerned with the attitude of your heart than He is the words of your mouth. But if this expresses the desire of your heart, then you, you make it your prayer to God. Ready? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to build my life on your word. I want a solid foundation of your truth. So, by your grace and with your help, I commit the next 40 days to learn how to do these things. Help me. Listen to your word. Help me read your word. Help me learn to study your word. Help me to memorize your word. To remember your word. Help me to obey and apply your word. So, Lord, calling for the power of your Holy Spirit and casting my entire self on the provision of your grace, by your grace, I commit over these next six weeks to participate in all seven Sunday worship services. Help me, Lord. I commit to participate in a 40 Days in the Word small group. Help me, Lord Jesus. I commit to memorize the six Bible verses. Help me to do this. And I commit to do the daily video devotionals for the next 40 days. Not to earn your favor, just to build my life on Your Word. So Lord, I trust in You. Apart from You, life circumstances will hinder me. I will be weak, but I'm asking You to help me with these things. And as I do, Lord, transform me. Help me to know You better, love You more, follow You more closely, love You more dearly. Now as we continue our prayer time, there are some of you who's Hearts are beating kind of fast. You've not been in a prayer time like this before. And you're wondering what's going on. Well, let me tell you what that is. If you've never given your heart and life to Jesus Christ, God's Spirit, the Bible says, seeks to get our attention and draw us to faith in Him. That's what He's doing with you right now. For the Lord Jesus Christ did not consider equality with God, being God in heaven, something to be Clutched greedily, but the Bible says he emptied himself and came to earth in the form of a man because he couldn't bear the thought of you and me, moral spirit and spiritual fallops like you and me, having to atone for our own sin forever in a place called hell. So he determined to do it for us. He lived a perfect life, a sinless life, demonstrating to us and telling us uh, who God is and what He is like. And then he went to the cross. And died innocently in our place. Now, it's hard to comprehend this fully, but the Bible says that somehow God, the Heavenly Father, arranged that when Jesus was on the cross, He arranged for all of your sins, all of my sin, all of the sin and rebellion and moral filth and evil of all of mankind down through history to be transferred to Jesus' account. To be laid on Him. The iniquities of us all to be laid on Him. It's incredible. And He paid the price in full. He took the full punishment, the full force of the wrath of God on sin. Then He died and rose from the dead proving that He was who He claimed to be. Had the power that He claimed to have to be able to do this. And that is alive today... For you and me, so that when any individual recognizes that we are sinful people in need of a Savior and that we can't save ourselves, when we cry out in mercy and turn away from our sin and self centered life and turn to Jesus and put our trust in Him and what He accomplished when He died on the cross and rose from the dead and ask Him to apply that to us personally, He does it. He forgives us of our sin. He gives us His Holy Spirit, takes up residence in our life. He gives us abundant life and eternal life, a home in heaven when we die. And His presence and power to turn us into the kind of people that He wants us to be and enables us to live life in a way that pleases Him. Some of you are ready to make that commitment to Him for the very first time. And if you are, I want you to pray this with me. Ready? You pray this to the Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. I am a sinful person who needs a Savior and I believe You are that Savior. I believe that You are God. I believe that You did die on the cross for my sins and rose again and are alive today to help me, to save me, to forgive me, to redeem me. And so to the best of my understanding and ability, I turn from my self-centered, self-controlled life And I turn to You and I put my trust in You. Forgive my sin. Rescue me from spiritual darkness. Redeem me from slavery to sin and darkness. Give me Your gift of abundant and eternal life. Adopt me as Your child into Your family. Take up residence in my life by Your Holy Spirit. And help me to know and love you and live the way you want me to live. The best of my understanding, I give control of my life and my eternity to you. Thank you for saving me. Now, Lord, thank you for hearing these words, these prayers. Thank you for those who trusted in you for the very first time. Now we're going to be quiet, we're going to pray. I want you to think of that admonition and teaching from Jesus that everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rains fell, the rivers rose, the winds blew and pounded that house, yet it didn't collapse because its foundation was on the rock. For some of you, the rains are falling on your life. The winds are blowing and pounding upon your life. The rivers are, are rising. You feel like you're going to be swept away. So in these next few moments, a couple of minutes, why don't you ask the Lord to help you build your life on His Word and to come and bring to you the resources that you need to help you with these things. I'll close our prayer time in just a moment. Thank you for listening to this week's message. For more information about Dogwood Church, visit www.dogwoodchurch.org.